Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 68, Men Do Disney Part 2. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, how's everybody doing? We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're back after a uh, after a short absence. Yep, we have returned, returned from Disney World, unfortunately, but it's also exciting because we're here doing podcast again. This is very true. It is a little depressing coming back to the real world after a uh, after a Disney trip, but I think we're both kind of over the Disney hangover at this point, right? I don't know if you can ever be over it, but it's certainly not at the forefront of my mind anymore, like it was uh, all week at work. <laughs> so. Uh, because we're going to be talking about our trip tonight, and because we're probably going to talk about it at great length and in great detail, we're going to skip the news for this week. We'll catch back up with all the news that we've missed for the last couple of weeks on our next week's podcast. So no news this week. Sorry if you're really looking forward to the news. There's really not a whole lot out there. We'll catch up again next week on the news. So right now, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get right into talking about uh, this trip. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's get right into it. And before we start, just a couple of observations that I had about Disney World on our most recent trip. You know, we, we talk about Disney so much, and, and I mean, really, we talk about it all the time, and we've kind of built it up in our heads, so when you finally go, it's like, oh, well, don't remember it being like this. I thought that it was a lot more crowded than I've really ever seen the parks, particularly this time of year. 
I'm right there with you. I mean, <clears throat> we always talk about this is how you do fast passes. And, you know, I've gone with relatively small groups. This time we had about six people. So we found out how difficult it can be for a large family to secure fast passes all day uh, for whatever you want to ride. And that was mainly due to the crowd levels that were at Disney. And I think folks are getting better at using the app and they're understanding it now where, you know, you're not the, the expert, I guess. I mean, a lot of people know how to swap and exchange fast passes all day as well. Yep, I agree with that. And and again, it was marathon weekend, so the crowds were a little bit heavier than they typically would be. But even checking the wait times this past week, it seems like the wait times have still been up, you know, to what we experienced when we were down there. The second kind of observation that I've got to make is to me it seems like there's some cracks in the Disney facade forming. And I think this is a result of a couple of things. Again, higher crowd levels, Disney's trying to cut costs because they're dumping so much money into the new attractions, new lands, all that kind of thing, but you know, one of the things that I really noticed, the bathrooms weren't clean anywhere. They were clean a couple places for me, but definitely not up to the Disney standard. And I don't know if they had to dedicate so many cast members to the marathons, or the, the races rather, that that's where they cut the marathons, or, or rather that's where they cut the cast members from, or if they're just cutting back their, their employee, employee size. You know, I can remember going to Disney World five, ten years ago, and there was a cast member pretty much in every bathroom full time just to keep it clean, just to keep it, you know, up to up to what I would consider the Disney standard. And that certainly wasn't the case on this last trip. You know, I, not only bathrooms, but I also saw trash cans overflowing, trash on the ground, you know, things that you don't really come to expect at a Disney park. And look, as much as they're charging for tickets now, like they really need to step up their game if they want people to continue to pay these prices. I did notice the trash on the ground. I do want to say we we stayed at a, a Disney Vacation Club property and and it was A plus the room itself we stayed at, at the Wilderness Lodge so the hotel itself all of that was top notch the cast members we interacted with again were top notch although did have our first negative experience with a cast member on this trip and we'll get to that here in a little bit those are just a couple of observations that I had you know not having gone in a while so Disney's dumping a ton of money into attractions and lands and it, it kind of shows right now I think those are good general observations and. I mean, if you want to, we can dive right into the trip and kind of break it break it down by day or by park or however you want to go. Sure. Well, let's break it down by day. So I'm going to start. I flew in Wednesday night, took Magical Express from the airport to the Wilderness Lodge, and it was packed. You know, I, I got to Orlando at about midnight on Wednesday night. I thought I would be one of very few people getting in, but there were hundreds of people waiting to get on Magical Express. I counted 12 buses waiting to, to pick people up and take them to the parks. That was the bad news. You know, it took a little bit of time to get checked in for Magical Express. The good news is that it was relatively quick from the time I got onto the bus till I, I was at the resort. So I think I landed at midnight or 11.45, and I was asleep by 1.30. So one thing that, that surprised me, I did talk to Pete when he was, he had landed. I mean, he was all jacked up. I was still awake. It was the night before I was leaving, so I was jacked up. And uh, I think I was surprised that, how organized is, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, but Disney has, had, it seemed like they had it down to a science from what he was telling me while he was walking through. You know, it's been years since I've done Magical Express. You know, I, I don't know why I thought it was one bus and they put everybody on one bus and just drop you off at the resort. But, you know, when Pete said, yes, yeah, some some buses go to these resorts and, and, and they, they put you where you need to be right after you check in and then you don't, you literally don't have to worry about a thing. Yeah. So I was the second stop on the bus. The first stop was Grand Floridian. I was a little jealous when we pulled, you know, you pull up to Grand Floridian at night. It's all lit up. There's lights everywhere. It's it's really pretty. But look, Wilderness Lodge was was phenomenal. I walked in and I'd never been to Wilderness Lodge before. 
So I walked in, was really impressed with the with the lobby, was really impressed with the room. If you get a chance to stay at a DVC property, definitely do it because they uh, they do it up. So day one for us, and and this was before Tom and the and the three guys he was with got down to Orlando. We went to Magic Kingdom. Overall, a good day at Magic Kingdom. You know, woke up, got to the park at Rope Drop. It was crowded. Did Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Did Space Mountain? Did Splash Mountain? Today is actually when kind of my bad luck for the trip started. So I counted, and I think there were five or six rides that I was on when they broke down on this on this past trip. And Space Mountain was one of them. So we actually only got to do Space Mountain one time. I had a fast pass to to go back and do Space Mountain later on in the evening, but but we actually missed out on that. But but nothing nothing too remarkable about this Magic Kingdom day. Again, it was crowded. We did get to do everything we wanted, picked up another Seven Dwarfs Fast Pass, did Splash Mountain five or six times. It was pretty cold. It was in the 40s uh, when we got there. I don't think it got above 60 degrees, so nobody was wanting to go on Splash Mountain all day. So that was an easy one to go, to go ride five or six times. But yeah, so use mobile ordering for lunch. Ate lunch over at Cosmic Rays, and if you go to Cosmic Rays any time in the next couple of weeks, it's... It's all boarded up. There's construction walls everywhere, and Sunny Eclipse is not there. So did, you guys went to Cosmic Rays at one point too, right? We we walked in it. We were actually looking for breakfast at one point, and I just popped in there to see if they were serving anything, and they were not. But we did not eat lunch there, and I did notice all the construction. And it's just not the same when it when it's not fully functional. It's not, but mobile ordering works like a charm. I ordered I ordered our food hit the button that said I'm here. We went and picked it up, and, and it was great. Didn't have to wait in line at all. So, and then ate at Be Our Guest for dinner. You know, Be Our Guest was great. I have no complaints about Be Our Guest, other than this, the service was a little slow. You know, as much as you're paying to eat there, the, the service really should be kind of on point, and it was a little slow at first. And they were they were packed. I mean, it was, a, it was a full house. It was a Thursday night. It was crowded. We ate dinner about 6.30, and due to a mistake, and I don't know how I did this, I, I thought that the park closed at 9 o'clock. Well, it in fact closed at 8 o'clock. So we had a long dinner. We actually didn't leave the restaurant until about 5 after 8, when Happily Ever After had already started. So, which is why we didn't get to go back and ride that, uh, ride that last Space Mountain. But, but again, Be Our Guest was, was well worth it. The, the food is still good. The menu has changed. But uh, but I did get the fillet and it was it was cooked well. The dessert was on point. Had the gray stuff. So you know, typical Magic Kingdom day. Yeah, I think I ate McDonald's for dinner that night. So you can't complain too much. Well, so then you guys you guys got to Orlando. Yeah, record Thursday time. night. Record time. In record time, we yeah. met up at Disney Springs and went over to the Void to do Star Wars: Secrets of the Empire. Well, well before that, we met at the Boathouse actually. Just just for a couple drinks. It looks like a really fun atmosphere. We we all had eaten, so no one got any food there. I will tell you, it, it the boathouse was more expensive than I think any of us real. I mean, anticipated at first. And a fun little a tip that I learned: um, you can take a to go drink out of restaurants, uh, and like an alcoholic beverage. And so while we did not realize this, most people were rushing to finish their drinks. I had I had a drink left, and the guy gave me a to go cup. So if you're at Disney World or, or Disney Springs. And you've got got to be somewhere like we had to be at the void. Just ask them for it to go cup, and they'll give it to you. And I walk past police officers, no issue. So that is that is one thing to to keep. You don't have to make yourself uncomfortable. You know, sitting there trying to chug something. But then to Pete's point, we did go to the void. We did the VR experience. I think we referenced it on the podcast. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it from a time standpoint. And we did the Star Wars one. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was absolutely incredible. They sent us in in groups of three, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't done it yet. But I mean, you feel like you're there, you know, to the point where you're you're over some lava and you can feel the heat from the lava. 
yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, and again, I don't want to ruin it, but there's kind of like an elevator scene that's taking you where you need to go. And it feels like you're on an elevator moving. And I lifted my, my VR headset up. Don't do that. It's very disappointing when you see what you're actually doing and where you are. Well, I lifted mine up and there was a guy looking at me disapprovingly when I did that. Yeah, so. Disney employee. Cause they do have, they have cast members all throughout or the void uh, employees all throughout the entire experience. So if you have any issues, they were extremely accommodating. You know, I'm sure they were tired. We were their last reservation of the evening. So I'm sure they were ready to get out of there. And they still, you know, did pick the picture part at the end. They talked us through the mission, how, what was going to happen. So I was worried about getting a little motion sickness or just someone in the group getting motion sickness. And that, that was not an issue. No, but well worth it. You know, it's, I, th- I would say what the entire experience took 45 minutes or an hour. And I think we were in there for about 25 minutes, actually. Yeah, there's some pre-video stuff, and then you wait in line because they they don't want to put too many people in at once. So you may have a 10:45 reservation or 10 whatever you know whatever it may be, and you'll start the experience then, but you won't go into the VR area until you know it's suitable to have you in there. And I think it's priced pretty much at the right price point too. I mean, it was it was about thirty dollars for about thirty minutes. And again, this is not you know when you think of VR, and I mean this is kind of next level. So definitely well worth it. Uh, you know, if you're on the fence about doing it, I'd like to go do the Wreck It Ralph one and see what that's all about too. But yeah, I mean it was it, it far exceeded my expectations, and I would say universally across the entire group, there was not one person who did not thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, from from here. Uh, it, you know, like Pete said, it was kind of like an hour experience. So it's about 1130, 1140 when we're getting out of here. And we decided to go over to the boardwalk since it'll be open past midnight. We uh, originally planned to go to ESPN Zone, but that had already closed. So by default, we ended up at Jelly Rolls, which was, I think, everyone's first time there. Pretty expensive cover charge. 15, 15, at least on Thursday night, it was $15 cover charge. But I, I will say, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was It was a good time. The, the guys playing the piano were really good. I was scream singing the whole night. Couldn't talk like the next three days because I lost my voice. Yeah, I mean, I would tell you, I think you think of your local piano bar. I don't know, depending on where you live and good kind of corny talents. You know, OK, these guys were extremely talented musicians and, mm-hmm. you know, Disney, Disney knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, fairly reasonably priced on drinks. Yeah, the, I, I actually thought the drinks were were pretty, pretty good price. But you would hope you, after, yeah, after a $15 cover charge, you would hope. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, you want to stay in there. I mean, they're smart. I mean, they know, oh, I paid $15. I'm going to stay in here and enjoy myself. But we were fortunate. We got a table, you know, right on, right pretty, pretty close to the front and, or two tables. We had, we had a big group and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a late night. It was, it was too late of a night to be getting up at, at 530 the next morning. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, so our group, uh, we stayed at the Double Tree by Disney Springs. This would be our first night there. And we had one guy who went ahead and checked in for everyone, got us all room keys. Actually, it was funny when we uh, we went to go park, we needed a room key and he had all four of them. So we told him, you know, I'll just go in and get another one from the lady at the front desk. And he said, no, I'm going to hide it uh, by a bush. And so he, he said X marks the spot. So he actually hid it in Disney shrubbery by the entrance to Doubletree. So that was kind of fun when we got there. We had to find the key. But uh, I like it. You, you know, I want to do an episode at some point. We, we, like I said, we, we had a, a one bedroom suite at the Double Tree. Four, four guys were in there. We had four beds. I had them bring a rollaway bed in. I, I would love to compare a DVC resort and like a Double Tree or Hilton suite to, to see, you know, the, you know, I know Pete had like a full kitchen where we had kind of a, like a small kitchen. Uh, there, but it'd be an interesting episode to walk through and kind of see can you simulate the DVC resort without being, you know, at the DVC. Uh, Disney resorts. Yeah, and and one thing I'll say about that, and and particular to Wilderness Lodge, but but also contemporary Grand Floridian Polynesian, 
the transportation to get to most of the parks is phenomenal. I mean, our first day going to Magic Kingdom, we hopped on a boat to the Contemporary and took the monorail into Magic Kingdom. It literally took us 12 minutes to get to Magic Kingdom from uh, from the Wilderness Lodge. You know, and, and you can't, it's really hard to beat that. You know, if you're staying offsite, if you're staying at any of the value hotels, you've got to get an Uber, you've got to take a bus in. So, you know, just from a transportation standpoint, the TVC properties really kill it. You know, and on the transportation point there, I asked you this and I felt like there's going to be less people at a DVC resort than there would a all-star movies, music, you know, your, even your moderates, you know, your Coronado Springs, whatever it may be. And so that, that plays a role in it. You don't have to get to the bus quite as early. You don't have to get, you know, you're not going to be five buses behind. So that was a, or or the boat or the, I mean, whatever you choose, whatever form of transportation you take. And it might be different if you're talking, you know, a DVC member, you're thinking somebody that goes to Disney a lot, right? So they're not, you're probably not going to get up at rope drop and be at the parks. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So, and we actually got to experience that, the bus situation firsthand on Friday morning because we did go to Animal Kingdom. So we did have to take the bus over. And yeah, I mean, there were probably 12 or 15 people waiting for Animal Kingdom. Now there were, there were probably 50 people waiting for the buses, but there's only two bus stops. So, I mean, there's, there's a, a bus stop for Epcot and Magic Kingdom and a bus stop for Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. So there were probably 50 people waiting for, you know, all four parks. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah. So Friday morning, we, we were going to Magic Kingdom, poor planning on me and Pete's part to, to not be going to the same park, but it, it's how it shook out. And so we Ubered and I, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast, but please keep in mind when you Uber to Magic Kingdom, you actually go to the TTC. And then you have to, actually, we're not running the monorail. So we had to take a boat over. You know, the boat was right there, walked right onto it, had no real issues getting in, except one of our buddies' magic bands wasn't working. Uh, but we, we quickly got that, you know, fixed. And my only regret for my Magic Kingdom day is because of the weather, you didn't need a fast pass for Splash Mountain. But when we pre did our fast passes, just as Pete mentioned earlier, he got one and so did we. And it cost us not being able to do Big Thunder because most people would go over to Frontierland and be like, eh, a little too cold for Splash Mountain. So they'd hop in the standby at Big Thunder, which elevated that line. And when I say then one was in spot, I mean, you were walking on Splash Mountain in standby. Yeah, and we did to get to do Big Thunder on Thursday. We actually got a fast pass for it kind of later on in the day. And, you know, one thing I'll say about Big Thunder, it, it's a lot better ride than I think we give it credit for. It's a fun roller coaster. It is. <clears throat> it is. And, you know, I'll tell you, so we, we got there right at Rope Drop. And I'll tell you an interesting thing. It was extra magic hours. And I've never not been in a Disney resort you know, that, that could do extra magic hours. So it was weird. They would let you in regardless where you were staying. And when you got to like the end of Main Street, they had more people scanning your magic bands again to see if you were on a Disney resort or not. And if you weren't, they held you back. And if you were, they let you go through. Well, and it's it was this was my first time since they, you know, did away with the train opening at Magic Kingdom. So it was weird. I mean, you walk all the way down Main Street to, you know, to the hub. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they, they hold you up at the hub. They scanned us going into Tomorrowland. I mean, they were turning some people away. And I'm, I'm like, why'd you even let them in the park if you were just going to stop them here? But they, you know where they keep them? The shops are open and the bakery. I mean, the food's open. So they keep them right mm-hmm. there. And what else are they going to do but go shopping? So mm-hmm. we were we were able to knock out Space Mountain a few times. We did Buzz Lightyear. And I'll tell you, <laughs> Buzz Lightyear has really, really aged. I mean, it's I know I've been to Disney three times in the last year, but it just seemed different this time. And uh you know, so we really, we took advantage of the extra hour. Uh, it was beneficial for us. So we went to Animal Kingdom that morning again. And it was, I mean, it was pretty chilly still. So we had fast passes for Expedition Everest first thing, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and a later on flight of passage. But the first thing we did was go to Pandora and pretty much walk right on Navi River Journey. 
We apparently got there late, even though we were 15 minutes before the park opened, because Flight of Passage already had a two-hour wait when we got there. So, again, like like Tom has said on this podcast, Navi River Journey is just kind of meh. It was good for how long we waited for it, which was no time at all. The queue was kind of impressive. The ride was okay, but if I had waited an hour and a half or two hours for that, I would have been pissed. It's not a great ride. <clears throat> it's not a great attraction at all. So, I'm glad we didn't skip it, but... I'm glad we didn't have to wait in line for it. So we we got out of there and went, went we just went to go look at what the, uh, how long the queue was for Flight of Passage. And I think I sent you guys a text at that point. It was the longest I've ever seen any queue at Disney World before. It was 345 minutes. Absolutely insane. I just, I, I, it's a great attraction and Pete can talk about his experience on it, but that's a long time to wait for anything. I mean, that's I mean, half your day. There'd have to be a significant amount of money for me, like I, that's that's hard. I mean, that's hard to justify. Six hours. Even if I walked into the ride. park for free, I don't know that I'd. You know, at that point, it's like, well, I'm here for free. I still don't know if I'd wait that long. Mm-hmm. So, what are your? Over, I need I need to hear your thoughts on the attraction. So, okay, so Pandora was amazing. You know, you walk in, you've got that big plant that's shooting water right to your right, right there. We got sprayed early in the morning. It was cold. I was pissed. But you walk in and you see the floating mountains. It's all really impressive. It really is. Flight of Passage, I can't say anything about the queue. We were going to wait in line when the line got to about 100 minutes, but we kind of decided to do something else, which I'll get to in a little bit. So I can't really speak to the queue. The pre-show is ridiculous. I mean, you've got two pre-show. It's like, how can we extend this queue as much as possible? So you go through two pre-shows, which is kind of ridiculous. They're long too, but the ride itself was absolutely amazing. I think you know, the I, pre-shows are definitely... A universal complaint. Yeah. They're awesome. They're awesome. But man. They're very clearly a time waster. You just can't wait to get on the attraction. So we got got off and I was was speechless. I really had nothing to say. You know, it's just... Having ridden that, I'm I'm very much looking forward to what Disney's going to come out with for for the new two two new attractions at uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because, yeah, Flight of Passage was was really something else. It's... I've expressed... How much I love the attraction. I hate that I missed Animal Kingdom this go around, but I, I mean, I've done it. I've done it twice. I was fortunate enough to get two fast passes for a party of three. So, I mean, that's about as lucky as you can get at Animal Kingdom. And and again, as you've said, it is, it is absolutely, without a doubt, the best attraction at Disney World right now. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, and I stand by that. I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that I didn't overhype it to a point where it wasn't enjoyable for you. Yeah. Because it, it, it definitely, it fit the billing, in my opinion, of the way I described it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to... Jump to what 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 you ended up yeah. doing. Yeah, so let's 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 move on. I you know, I do want to say Expedition Everest was broken down. Apparently, when it's cold outside, Expedition Everest has a lot of trouble starting up. So didn't get Expedition Everest started up until later. So kind of just meandered around. I had to find a Bailey's and coffee uh, because, again, we were up pretty late the night before. So went on Kilimanjaro Safaris, had a great time on Kilimanjaro Safaris. The animals were all up and moving around. Finally got on Everest, did dinosaur a couple times. And I guess at this point, it was about 1130. We went over, had lunch at Pandora at Satuli Canteen, which, you know, again, you hyped up Satuli Canteen and uh, it was well worth it. I, I think definitely my favorite quick service meal at, at Disney World right now. The the food was great, you know, and it and it, it felt decently healthy compared to, you know, eating chicken tenders and, and burgers and fries. I think I think that was the reason my wife and mom liked it so much because it's, I mean, so we had the dining plan. So each night we were eating something really good and it could be healthy if you wanted to be healthy. But at lunch, obviously, it's quick service. And so it's like, you know, outside of Epcot, it's the same 
hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken strips, everywhere you go for the most part, like very similar quick service menus. Sicily Canteen is totally different. It, while it is healthy, it also is a, to- I mean, it's just, it's, it's unique to its own. There's nothing else like it at Disney World. It is pricey if you're not on the dining plane. I would, I would imagine you'd spend close to 20 bucks a person for lunch. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's about right. But it's, it's really good. The sauces they have, the rice, the meat, the meat selection is fantastic. My one regret is that I didn't get extra sauce. I, I really wish that I had gotten extra sauce because the sauce was very good. What did the, did the restaurant seem like extremely clean? It was extremely clean and it was extremely empty too. Now, we were eating at 11.30, 11.45, and we ate outside, but there was almost nobody there. Yeah, well, when we went, too, I, you know, it had, it had gotten rave reviews, and so I thought, oh, man, we're going to be waiting forever. We, we actually came right off Flight of Passage, probably, you know, you did it right before, but we came right off Flight of Passage and walked, literally, you, walk, you run right into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I think? I've been thinking about it. A lot of kids and families go to Disney. Some people pack their own lunch, but kids, I don't know if it's necessarily a kid restaurant. And so they, they would, you know, kids would go for the hamburger, hot dog, chicken strips before they would go for the menu at Satuli Canteen. So that may play a part in why I think every adult and parent would love it. Yeah, it's not always how the choices shake out. Yeah. And, th- and there's I agree. other, I mean, we've talked about Flame Tree Barbecue a lot. That's another good quick service place in Animal Kingdom. It, it definitely is. I would say it's some of the best barbecue on the East Coast. Yeah. I, I hope some of our favorite listeners hear that. Some of the best barbecue we've had uh, on, on the East Coast. So, so so anyway, did Flight of Passage, was incredible, got off Flight of Passage, and could not get a Fast Pass for anything. So we actually went over to, there's a lounge at Tiffin's, and I'm trying to remember what it's called, the Nomad, Nomad Lounge at Tiffin's. Went to the Nomad Lounge, had some sliders and a couple of beers there. Actually, they have a really good beer sampler. There's a, a Kungaloosh Spiced Ale that was probably the, the best beer I've ever had. So went there. I was still trying to get fast passes for anything at this point. Everest, Kilimanjaro Safaris, whatever. And, you know, something new that, and I don't know if this was a bug or if this is the way that Disney has it set up now, parks with tiered systems, once you've used that tier one fast pass, you can't get another one. I, so it I had this happen to me at Animal Kingdom, and I know it happened to us at Epcot as well, where I could not get another Kilimanjaro Safaris fast pass. So I didn't look, so I didn't look into... I didn't look into it, and I haven't researched it since the trip. We'll get to our Epcot day and why we really didn't care at the, at the time, but I'm not sure if we did something wrong or what, but it definitely seemed like it would not let you get an extra tier one. So we decided to just go over to Magic Kingdom, and I had no intention of doing this. I didn't even have a park hopper at this point, but we got a park hopper, went over and met Tom and his group at Magic Kingdom, which was great because we were able to take a uh, take a picture on Splash Mountain. We were able to get do pirates together. Waited in line for Space Mountain. Did Space Mountain. So so got a couple of rides in with the uh, with the whole group at Magic Kingdom, which would have been really disappointing if uh, if we hadn't been able to do that. Let me tell it from my point of view. So Pete calls me. <laughs> Our group needed a, a pick me up. Uh, we we were we'd been going at it all day, and there was a lot of talk of going back to the hotel, and, and that's just. That's an hour out of your day, and we did end up doing it. I mean, and I'm glad I did to go back and shower. And but Pete calls me and says, "Hey, get a, uh, I've got a fast pass for Flash Mountain at four. See you there." And basically hangs up. And he then you know calls back and says he 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 got a park hopper. Him and him and him and his buddy are coming in. Can just see the get the best fast passes you can. So I I started doing my strategy where I kind of you know would search for one person at a time, and I ended up getting an, a slew of fast passes. 
around 340 to like 410. And so we uh, we walked right along as a group. I think our boat was a little heavy because I got soaked again. I mean, I got soaked. It was every time definitely I heavy. I, I feel like we almost went under. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, water was coming in over the sides of our boat, which I or, or the log. I've never seen that happen. Uh, but that that really rejuvenated the group. I mean, we we did that. We did, and Pete hasn't told you guys this. But we did Monsters Inc. and Pete had to get up and dance. Uh, two for two, actually, on this trip. He had to get up and dance both times he saw Monsters Inc. Did Pirates of the Caribbean and got soaked there somehow. Um, did Space Mountain? Waited, waited standby for that. So that really just—I mean—it kicked our afternoon into high gear, and, and it really led us to one of my favorite parts of the trip: uh, the dinner we had that night. So you guys elected to go back to the room, get a shower, refresh. We elected to go straight over to the Polynesian because we were having dinner at Ohana Friday night. Now at the Polynesian, there is of course Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, and we made our way there and just had some phenomenal drinks. Had a couple of Mai Tais, had some Uh-Oh-As. I, I tell you, that Uh-Oh, I, <laughs> it does some damage to you. It really does. It's, it's a phenomenal drink. You know, the, way, the best way that I can describe it is it's like you distill Pirates of the Caribbean into a drink. That's what an uh-oh it tastes like. You can't tell me that. <laughs> I, <try laughs> I don't know why drink. I think that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a very out-of-the-box drinker. You know, I prefer, I prefer just, you know, your standard, you know, bourbon and Coke, if anything. And, and so Pete and, and his buddy had these drinks, and I tried them, and they tasted good. I mean, they seemed like they were having a great time when we got there. We checked in at the restaurant. and you know, We were actually watching uh, Happily, Happily Ever, Ever After, After down yeah. on the beach at the Polynesian. So we we did catch the fireworks and then went to uh, went to Ohana for dinner, which was you know amazing as always. I, I actually was surprised at the responsibility of our group because I don't think anyone ate to the point where they were uncomfortable. I mean, everyone was really full, but no one, you know, I mean, we're we're a group that could eat a gross amount of food. We did we did eat a gross amount of uh, wontons. Yeah, we did eat a lot of those, and and we we did order something. I did did learn, and if listeners, please, if you've done this, let us know. So the first first round of steak comes by. My piece is much more medium to medium rare than some of the other guys, and most of us eat our steak medium medium rare. And so I kind of felt bad for him. Well, they just asked the the server, "Hey, can we get a, you know, rare to medium rare cut of meat?" And he said, "Yeah, give me five minutes. Uh, want something? You know, I'll have them put one on for you." So again, they do grilled shrimp, and I wonder if you could have said, "Can you bring the shrimp already peeled?" Because that that's part of their strategy. You have to peel the grilled shrimp. But we got the um. We got the cut of meat we wanted. I mean, it it was it was mooing and it was fantastic. It was much better than the the first round. The grilled chicken was great as always. The the noodles, everybody had the noodles except me. And the wings, I had forgotten about the wings, but everyone said the wings were great too. Wings were a hit. Wings were a hit. I think we ordered more wings as well. We did. We did. And and you know the funny thing is, I saw people taking out to go boxes. We did not, but I, I can remember they would not let us do that at one one time. So I wonder if we could have. We probably could have, because uh, we had quite a few wings left over, some pot, some 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 wontons, and then, you know, the finale. I don't know if we had much dessert left over. No, there wasn't. They brought out two huge bread puddings, and and we pretty much destroyed them. I kept calling it rice pudding, which is not nearly as appetizing as the bread pudding. But but yeah, the bread pudding, as always, phenomenal. I I really had no complaints about that meal at all, other than I kind of did feel a little sick afterwards. Well, you know, we had had a day, and so actually, another responsible move, instead of going to uh, Trader Sam's, we all elected to go back to the hotels, and I think I think everyone in the room I was in was asleep by 10.30. Uh, I was one of the last ones awake. Yeah, it was a, uh, 
it was a short night and yeah, everybody, everybody was tired. We all kind of wanted to, to charge up the batteries for the next day at Epcot. So next day at Epcot starts, dawn's bright and early. And look, if you go down to Disney during any of the marathons, half marathons, 5k, 10k, traffic is a mess. I actually, I rode the monorail. So I got to, I got to Epcot. I took the boat over to the contemporary, contemporary, the tra- transportation ticket center, and then switched monorails to Epcot. I was actually on a monorail with three cast members that couldn't drive into work like they normally would because World Drive was closed. So it really does create a, a huge mess with traffic, as as Tom can attest as well. Yeah, you know, we, we planned accordingly, got an Uber early. One of the crazier things we did after we recorded the podcast, actually, we Pete and I were like, hey, do you want to meet for breakfast? And so we start looking at breakfast ideas, and we land. Both of us were dead set on Chef Mickey. Yeah, we really at wanted first. Chef Mickey, but we we land at Garden Grill, and then kind of realized that we backed into the benefits of this by being in the park early and getting on soaring early. So I think traffic was a little better because we weren't necessarily competing with or on my end a ton of people trying to get into the park at that time. Now there were a ton of people getting to watch, you know, going to watch their friends, family, uh, and whatnot on the race. You know, going going past them. So. You did have to deal with that, and Disney does a fantastic job of coordinating like the, the mass of people uh, as you you know cross where the race is actually happening. But we we did leave extra early to give us time, and we still I mean we we met Pete at seven forty five, and our reservation was eight ten, so we still were you know we got there right on time pretty much. Yeah, and I mean we were probably the first I don't know first ten or fifteen people in the park. It was awesome. Uh, went went straight over to Garden Grill. I mean literally abandoned. It it would have been a great time if we hadn't all been so excited to take pictures and but uh, but but the half marathon was running directly through the middle of Epcot but it would have been a great time to take pictures yeah we, regardless so, we were kind of in our high horse to get to you know we didn't want to be late for the reservation certainly want to get seated right away so we could get in and out of there to, to ride Soren and I mean it's a group of guys and we're not going to get none of us are really overly fired up about pictures yeah now I will say and we got to Garden Grill at eight o'clock we were seated by eight o five. We had food by 10 after 8. Yep. Yeah, they, so, they hit the table with the food. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll say the food was okay. It wasn't anything to write home about. It was a typical Disney breakfast. You know, what you'd get at any character buffet or any Disney breakfast, really. Mickey waffles the were Mickey good. The Mickey waffles were, yeah, good. were good. Yeah, But aside from that, nothing really stuck out. I mean, the uh, they had a massive cinnamon The sticky roll. bun was pretty yeah, good. Was pretty yeah, good too. But it is a character breakfast. So we saw Chip and Dale. We saw Pluto. We saw Mickey. Got some pictures with them. And, uh, you know, really, really got the day started on the right foot. And we got out of there probably 8.30, 8.45. I mean, it was a, it was a relatively quick meal, you know, for a, for a table service meal. We were in and out pretty quickly and went down and hopped right on Soren. Yeah, hopped on Soren and got our day rolling. I mean, had did everything you could imagine. Test track, mission space. Actually had quite the competition going on test track. We did. Yeah, we had a, a group competition. And Pete's team did win, I guess we'll call it two out of three. It did break down one time when we were on it, but we'll, we'll give you that. And then we, you know, my, our group had the highest score um, the last time we went. We had that, like the, the day's highest score. Uh, did mission space quite a few times. Spaceship Earth. Skipped living with the land, which is something I actually like, but. It, it, and that's fine. Done it plenty of times and did Journey into Your Imagination and Frozen. I mean, we did everything you can imagine uh, from an attraction standpoint, at least once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And spent quite a bit of time in the countries. Really, the only thing we missed was living with the land, which and, is and which Nemo. is unusual. But yep. And Nemo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, spent quite a bit of time in the World Showcase. Again, went around to all the countries. I would say we experienced them to their fullest. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. We got the standard what you would think we would have gotten. I mean, we don't have to go country by country. Some of the highlights, I mean, I think everyone enjoyed eating in France. I think everyone got something to eat in France, actually. Um, I think so, too. I, I got the school bread in Norway. Yep. Uh, you know, and our, one of our other buddies got a ham, like a ham and Swiss sandwich in Norway. Might have been the best deal of the entire World Showcase from a food standpoint. It was a huge toasted yeah. sandwich for like seven bucks. Yeah, uh, it, the, it was. It was very good. The meal. egg rolls in China were very good. We, we made a couple rounds to China for those, uh, among other things. Fish and chips, the, the whole party, we pretty much got a ton of ch- fish and chips and just kept passing it around. It was great. Um, we waited in line at the at the little fish and chip window, and y'all got a couple of tables inside the Rose and Crown, and we walked in with like four orders of fish and chips, and, and we're ready to go. You know, I think getting the tables in the Rose and Crown was both the highlight and the low light of the trip because because we had tables and we spent quite a bit of time in Rose and Crown. And you can imagine we didn't just eat fish and chips. So we left Rose and Crown more lively than we entered Rose and Crown. I'll put it like that. Very lively. Very lively. And then finished out the World Showcase, went back around to Mexico and China, and then again, had to go hit up Mission Space again, had to go hit up Test Track again to close out our competition. Yep, did Journey into Imagination after it. And had to do Journey into, into Imagination. So yeah, it was, it was a good day overall. I, I will say that it, it was a long day. Uh, we, we were trying to go to downtown Disney after the end of the evening, or Disney Springs, gosh. And so the bus, the bus stop is bus stop number five at Epcot. It splits between Port Orleans and Disney Springs. Both of them come to number five. And we none of us looked at the bus. We just saw a bus arrive. We walked on. Pete looks at me, I don't know, seven, ten minutes into the ride and said, hey, you sure this is going to Disney Springs? And I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we pull up at Port Orleans about two minutes after that. <laughs> it was not so, going to Disney Springs. You know, now we have guys who are want dinner. It's 10 o'clock, cranky, have to get Ubers. So we Uber to Disney Springs from there. Uh, Pete Ubered back to Wilderness Lodge. And uh, we did Splitsville for dinner. Had no problem that late getting a table, walked right in. They sat us, had food within 20 minutes. Uh, fun atmosphere. And we all just crashed after Splitsville. We went back to the hotel and crashed and got ready for the final day of the trip. So Yeah, so final day dawns and everybody's tired a little bit, especially you guys because you had been up so late. And I actually woke up and, and we had breakfast at Whispering Canyon Cafe at Wilderness Lodge. And I want to kind of make a brief deviation here to talk about Whispering Canyon Cafe a little bit because we had a really good conversation with a cast member at the hotel about kind of the saga of Whispering Canyon. And for those of you who do not know, Whispering Canyon began life as just kind of your standard restaurant in a hotel. And the cast members that worked there kind of turned it into this really fun atmosphere where, you know, they yelled at the customers, they kind of treated them crappy. You know, and of course, the famous, if somebody asks for ketchup, everybody in the restaurant is supposed to bring them their ketchup. So you end up with like 15 or 20 bottles of ketchup on your table. So what happened, according to this cast member, is that Disney never officially sanctioned this. This was never Disney's idea. And recently, because some guests were getting offended, Disney pretty much put a stop to the whole thing. And a lot of the cast members that worked there were pretty upset about it. They still do it to a certain extent, but again, it's not officially sanctioned by Disney. And Disney kind of frowns on a lot of the yelling and the like hijinks that kind of used to go on there. So if you go to Whispering Canyon now, it is a little bit different. Although you know the servers there are great. We had great service. I, I had some fantastic eggs Benedict there. It was quick. You know, we we ate breakfast early in the morning, so it was really quick. But but yeah, the food was good. The cast members were good. You know, and what we didn't talk about it at 
Epcot. And I just want to go back to this because this was our negative experience with the cast member. And it was noteworthy to me because one of the few negative experiences with a cast member that, that I have ever, uh, I've ever seen at Disney World. And it actually happened to one of the guys in our trip at Epcot. So one of the guys with us decided he wanted some pizza. And we were in Italy and he went to Via Napoli. And the, the cast member that he talked to was not, not very nice to him in telling him that they didn't do takeout at Via Napoli and that if he wanted pizza, he could go get in line with the 35 other people that were standing at the takeout window. I mean, there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to, to address people. And, and that was not, not the right way. Now in Disney's defense, this was not a Disney employee. Uh, because Via Napoli is not is operated by another company, but but still representing Disney. You know, and I'll say we didn't overreact to this, and you know there was no back and forth. Our, our buddy just kind of said, "Oh, okay," and came back and told us. I mean, you know, it was, and, and I want to stress too. I and mean, we have a good time going, you know, doing the World Showcase and drinking and eating around the world. And I want to, you know, he was in no no way disrespectful. I mean, he he was. He had just he had just gotten there actually. I mean, he hadn't even had a beverage yet. So it, it's not like one of those things. If you're a listener, you're like, oh well, maybe you know, maybe the situation was different. It was that this was actually a, a poor experience, and you know, we felt like it was noteworthy to share. I, I know we missed it going around the world showcase because we have so many positive things to say about Disney, but I am glad you shared that. But moving up, moving back to I guess Hollywood Studios. So you did Whispering Canyon and and had a time getting to Hollywood Studios with the bus that morning. Yeah, I mean, again, it was it was marathon morning. So and I didn't think about it. And I don't think any of us thought about how long this marathon was, was going to be going on. I mean, they were still running at 12 o'clock when, yeah. when we were in the parks. Yeah. So I, I Ubered in, uh, I was the only one from the devil tree that made it in for rope drop actually. And the, the way they had, I mean, the way they had it set up was fine. And I think I probably felt the, what, what the morning is like at Hollywood studios. Cause everyone rushed to toy story land. I, I just, you know, I'm so low, so I said, well, I'm just going to go over to uh, Tower and Terror Rock and Roller Coaster, probably two of my favorite attractions. Uh, actually, at this time, they were two of them, but that may, sh- may-, may be a shakeup at the top uh, from something in Toy Story Land. But anywho, I-, I-, I texted Pete. It was incredible. There were four o- open seats on my elevator in Tower of Terror, and the one that went prior to me, I was walking you know, through the uh, the boiler room, I guess. There was only two people on the entire elevator. I mean, they, they just they-, they got sick of waiting and just went ahead and sent them. So if you get there at Rope Drop, you can do, and, and the the funny thing is Rock and Roller Coaster was closed at this point uh, because it was having trouble getting started. So literally everyone there, there was a line forming at Rock and Roller Coaster to wait for it to open again. But I was walking right on Tower of Terror. So it was, it was kind of weird being there alone doing it. But Pete, Pete quickly, you know, just had a little bit of a delay with the buses and then you know, he, he rode Tower of Terror as well pretty easily. Yeah, it took us, we, we didn't get there until nine o'clock. So we didn't get there until the park was actually open. It had been open probably 15 minutes when we got there. But yeah, we walked right on the Tower of Terror. And actually, we were we were in a elevator with, with three other people. And the ride broke down. It's the first time I've ever been on Tower of Terror when the ride broke I'd down. I've forgotten about that. After, That's right. It did break down. On yeah. You. So after the first scene, before you go up and, and forward again, the elevator just shut down. All the lights shut off. We were just sitting there in the dark for about 10 minutes. So we all pulled out our flashlights on our phones and, you know... Just kind of sat there because really there's nothing you can do at that point. Yeah, that's I'd forgotten about that. So you had horrible luck. I mean, yeah, because that broke down. I didn't talk about it, but dinosaur every broke down day when we were at. You had something. Break dinosaur down. broke down at Animal Kingdom. Uh, spaceship, or, or excuse me, test track broke down at Epcot. Test track broke down at Epcot. Uh, Space Mountain broke down on us. So yeah, we didn't have good luck with rides. Splash Mountain broke down on us. 
You know, one of the funnier things, and I don't want to get I don't want to get sidetracked, but he he had a you grabbed a fast pass for Space Mountain the night we did Ohana, just like to see if, if you could maybe squeeze it in and you couldn't. And it broke down while he had this fast pass active. So he got a free experience he could use the next day, which uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. what you used it on or if you even did use it, but I don't think we did, but but yeah, so did did Tower Terror, did Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. Always a good time on Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, and then one of our other buddies made it in. Uh, and so he, he made it in right in time for the Rock and Roller Coaster Fast Pass. That's, that's I think his favorite, one of his favorite attractions. I think Space Mountain would be. So at this point, there were f- there were four of us. Yep, yep, and and we we stayed with four of the rest. It was four of the rest of the day. Four of the six were, were you know one of our one of our buddies purposely did not purchase a a ticket. He he's a big New England Patriots fan, and they played at one o'clock, and so he wanted to be able to watch as much of the game as possible before we hit the road. And then the other one is an annual pass holder and just felt like going home. So so then we had then we 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 went on. Aliens rolling sauce. Yeah, so we kind of so we, we evaluated the, the layout in Toy Story Land. We had a fast pass for Slinky Dog, and we've all done Toy Story Mania before. And so we said, okay, let's hop in Aliens Swirling Saucers. And while I say the ride is not it's not overly extravagant, it's hard to not walk off of it kind of laughing and smiling. It's it's a fun ride. It was fun. It was fun. And you know, it, it was a forty five minute wait to ride it, but I didn't feel like it was overly long. And you know, before we get to that, I was impressed with Toy Story Land. You know, I, I heard some reviews when it first opened that people were unimpressed, that it wasn't that great, that it was sparsely decorated. I, I, I like Toy Story Land a lot. I thought it was pretty impressive. So I, I, I don't know how someone could say it's sparsely decorated. The only complaint I have, and I think we've talked about it before we even went, there's not a lot of shade from the sun. But now they've solved that because they have umbrellas they, everywhere. Yeah, and they, they've tried to put umbrellas everywhere to, you know, compensate for that. But it it's... It's hot. It's hot in Toy Story Land, and it's a small area, and it's a ton of people. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, Alien Thrilling Saucers though was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. If... I think we all kind of had upset stomachs, yeah. and we weren't really looking forward to it that much. But but it was a good. I don't ride. know if you and your buddy, you know, my, my my buddy and I are both bigger bigger guys, and when we see the seatbelt situation, we we look at the cat, we look at Casper, like there's no way we're getting a seatbelt across us, and we she got it worked out to where we could. But I mean, we both sat in there, and we're like, are you serious? Individual seatbelts, or I mean, no, one seatbelt for two, two people. Um, and at this point, you had a fast pass because we had different fast pass times for this for Slinky Dog. And I and my buddy yeah. and I said, you know what, we really want to do Toy Story Mania, so we're going to go wait in line. Had a spot for you to join us, and you just didn't want to. You didn't want a line cut. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about Slinky Dog Dash. Yeah. I was impressed. You know. When we got into Toy Story Land, I looked up at the ride and I thought, wow, this is a lot, you know, because I thought it was just going to be a dinky little roller coaster. It's a long roller coaster. It's a lot bigger than I expected. It's faster. It it does go 40 miles per hour, which we discussed on our last episode. And here's the hot take of the day. It's the best attraction in Hollywood Studios. I I would agree with that. Now, if it didn't have a 200 minute line, it'd be, it'd be even better. But for, okay, let me, for what it is. I mean, Tower of Terror is so unique to itself. I don't really compare the two. Uh, because Tower of Terror is more of the the straight up and down drop, and this you know, but Rock and Roller Coaster, great attraction, but but man, Slinky Dog is good. It's fun. It, it really is fun. You know, there's the the theming is great. The although it's in bad shape already. <laughs> the I think I think the uh, the ride vehicles, I guess we can call them, were cheaply made and were cheap. I don't think Disney spent a lot of money on them, and they're falling. They're kind of. I mean, the plastics. Yeah, the plastic's cracking kind of falling apart. Like they have, they're putting like cloth covers over to, to hide some it. of the plastic yep. because it's, yeah, because it's cracking so bad. And so I'm sure that that's an issue that they're going to fix. But, um, but yeah, for right now, it just, it's not, not a good look. Yeah. The, it was funny. So we, 
my buddy and I waited, and, and we had a fast pass. And I don't think it's hard to get a, an idea of like the entire roller coaster until you ride it because it's it, it stretches across all of Toy Story Land, a little bit outside of Toy Story Land. The little mini like bumps, you know what I'm talking about, where you go like up down real quick. Mm-hmm. I probably sounded mm-hmm. like the grape lady when she fell out of the bucket. I mean, because I just I didn't I was looking at Galaxy's Edge, not even anticipating these things, and so that yeah. was probably one of the funnier. I mean, we both were dying laughing after the fact, but. You you get I wouldn't say this is a lose your stomach type roller coaster. It reminds me more of Big Thunder, but better. I mean, you, you kind of yeah. It's it's very much more Big Thunder Seven Dwarfs Mine. You train. lean really. You, you the, the turns are sharp and you lean a lot uh, to where mm-hmm. you look like you're gonna. You feel like you're gonna fall out. So yep. I, I would say it's still mild enough for children, but it's it's more intense than than Seven Dwarfs. I agree 100. percent It is just that. as smooth. Though. Now it's a very smooth attraction. A couple of points, you know, Star Wars Land, looking at it from the buses on the way in, it doesn't look anywhere near complete. But when you see it from Slinky Dog Dash, it does look a little bit more complete. And so it looks like they may actually hit their deadline on it. But I was worried when we saw it the first day coming in, it does not look anywhere near finished from the backside. Yeah, so I was doing my best not to just stare at Galaxy's Edge because I wanted to enjoy Slinky Dog. But he's right. I mean, Pete, Pete you're 100% correct. When you see it, from up there, when you right before you go over those little mini humps, it looks like I mean it's they've done a ton of work and you know they're hitting their they're going to hit their date in Disneyland. It, it leaves me no reason to believe they wouldn't hit their date in Disney World. But I my goodness, get ready when when it happens. I guess here's here's my problem. My problem is that you can see it from Slinky Dog Dash. I mean, how are they going to fix because that? Because ten years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you would not have been able to see that. What are, I mean, what are they new construction? Do I don't know, but it's the same thing with the with the show building for the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot. That thing is a monster, and they are making no attempt at all to hide it. it you know, I mean, plant some trees, do something. I don't know. That wouldn't have flown ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy building is atrocious, and it is in your face. You can see it from almost any point in Epcot. You know, it's it's almost like if you remember the color they painted Tower of Terror, so it didn't kill your eye, your your line of vision when you're looking across the world showcase over Morocco. They're not they're not doing that with Guardians of the Galaxy building. They're just kinda of letting it be known that it's no. there. But you know yeah, prior sure. to Slinky Dog we ate at the ABC commissary and I think everyone, all four of us enjoyed it. Yeah, I think all of us got chicken yeah, one, fingers. Well one of our buddies got uh two orders of chicken fingers. That the the honey mustard there, I mean you were hundred percent right. The honey mustard there is is phenomenal. Yeah, it's funny. We'd been looking for pretty much honey mustard everywhere we'd gone. And we went to Casey's corner, of course they didn't have it for the fries and my buddy, I, he, I said, hey, they want to eat at ABC Commissary. I don't know there's any other really great options to, unless you want to get a res- try to get a reservation. And he said, all right. He goes, they have honey mustard. I said, I swear they have honey mustard. And they did. And we pounded it. Yeah. And then it did not disappoint. Unfortunately, we had to leave after Slinky Doll. After- yeah, that was that was pretty much it. I, I barely made the Magical Express on the way back. Uh, we, uh, you know, we took an Uber from Hollywood Studios back to the Wilderness Lodge. I think I had a 220 Magical Express, and I got back to Wilderness Lodge at like 210. So barely made that, got back on Magical Express. And, you know, kind of funny, it was 80 degrees on Sunday in Orlando. And I got back home, and I landed, and I got off the plane, and it was 34 degrees outside. And I had shorts on. Yeah, it was uh, the, the by far the best weather day from a temperature standpoint. We we had great weather all overall. It was Sunday. It was hot. I mean, I was sweating in Magic... In, um, Hollywood Studios. No rain at all the whole trip. Yeah, so it was amazingly enough. It was uh, it was an awesome trip. We're already planning another one. We, we've started uh, the discussions. My wife and I are, are in the process of of pulling the trigger on the annual passes before Disney has a price hike in February, which I think could happen. Uh, so we won't activate them until I don't know April or May. But 
will go ahead and purchase them while they're while they're a lower price now. But uh, I mean, my if I could share one highlight, my highlight for the trip was you know each each day had its own, but I would say Slinky Dog really took the cake. I mean, that was a great way for for me to finish the trip. Just personally, that was my last attraction I rode. Did a did a little bit of shopping on the way out of Hollywood Studios and and called it a day. And that was a fantastic attraction, fantastic trip. Uh, even though we didn't, we kind of threw it together the way we planned it, and you kind of disjointed, and you had six different people who probably had six different agendas. But I, I think everybody had a blast. It worked yeah. out. Yep. Yeah, it worked out. And I, you know, for me, kind of my high point was flight of passage. I mean, just amazing. Like I, I still am kind of speechless about it. It, it just well worth it. you know well worth going to Animal Kingdom even just for half a day to go see Flight of Passage no doubt no doubt well good that's that's it yeah we can hit a we can hit the secret and the trivia if you want to yeah let's do it all right guys so start with the Disney secret of the night it is a did you know uh, did you know the Christmas shop uh, it, in Magic Kingdom which you can find by Sleepy Hollow uh, the place where you can get Nutella waffles is supposedly uh, the, the theme is it's owned by three different families a German family a woodcarver's family and a musician's family. And as you progress through the shop, you'll notice differences in each room that, that maybe were catered to that family who lived there. So that was something that I did go to the Christmas shop and look for ornaments. I uh, did, didn't really see anything that caught my eye, but uh, we thought that was kind of cool to share. This just Disney theming next level again. Uh, our Disney secret or trivia question rather from two weeks ago was, what is the oldest attraction in Magic Kingdom? It is Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, formerly known as Cinderella's Golden Carousel. It was originally built in 1917. Disney purchased it in 1967. So that thing's been around for quite some time. Uh, trivia question tonight. Which Walt Disney World attraction design was inspired by an erector set? Uh, so you can email us at mendowdw at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast with your guess. I did not come close when Pete asked me this tonight. So best of luck to you guys again. Which Walt Disney World attraction design was inspired by an erector set? And this actually came from Magical Express. They have a uh, they have TV screens in there that play little videos and, and have Disney trivia. And so this came from Magic Express. Well, it's, uh, we'll see if anybody can get it right. All right. Well, as depressing as it is, I think it's time to put this one to bed and uh, just start planning on the next one. Sounds like a plan for me. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.